Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast with your hosts, physical therapists, Dr. Michael Gorman and Dr. Lauren Bennett. This podcast will discuss a variety of health-related topics focused on educating the aging adult, allowing for an active lifestyle no matter the age. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast. We are your hosts, Dr. Michael Gorman. And Dr. Lauren Bennett. And today we're going to continue our discussion on low back pain, something that affects 80% of Americans at some point in their lifetime. You know, in past podcasts, we've talked about, you know, maybe some different types of lower back pain. We talked about PRP, cortisone injections. But today we're going to spend some time talking about a different area in the lower back, the very base of our spine. And there's two joints there, but anyway, called the sacroiliac joints. And we're going to spend some time today talking about that, educating you on what it is and if you may have an SI joint problem or not. So we would like to go over exactly how much movement comes from the joint, what are the symptoms and how it can be commonly misdiagnosed actually. So we just want to let you know what it is and that it exists essentially and to see what your symptoms are. But I do want to say, as mentioned in the last podcast, that we have a trivia question. So please stay tuned to the end of the podcast today because it is a good one that will hopefully help you in the future at some point when you need to know about the SI joint. Well, you can't have a trivia question without a prize. What's what's your prize? If you email us at info at imovephysicaltherapy.com, then you can get a free t-shirt on mic. There you go. There you go. We'll, we will mail you. If yes. you answer, well, how we can't tell them what the answer well, is. Well, that's right. Maybe we should wait to the next episode to tell them. And if you want to win this, you have to email us at the yeah. email address that okay. Dr. Bennett just gave you. And we'll even go so far as to give the first three people that get it right, we'll mail you shirts. But Okay. This is a scout's <laughs> honor. You can't be going on the internet and looking. So you got to give Ooh. us your best guess on this. So, okay. Well, what's, what, okay. what's the question? Okay. What's the question? Oh, the question is, there's a fun fact about the SI joint. The question is, what is the fun fact about the SI joint? If you Google that, you'll probably get it. <laughs> so, okay. So don't Google it and tell us what you think is the fun fact about the SI joint. Yeah. If I say anything more, it, it honestly will give it away. I know. We, I think we kind of botched this, honestly. I know. It's, it's okay. It was, I think it was a good... No, I think we'll keep it. We'll see what people email us, but... Okay. We'll come to it at the beginning of the next podcast on lifting <laughs> mechanics because it's all about low back pain. Okay. Okay. We'll move on. So, yes, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So what is SI joint? Uh, Dr. Gorman touched on it, but it is the joint of the lower spine, essentially where your pelvis in the lower spine, the lumbar spine meets. Very, very, very little motion occurs here. Like very little. We're talking millimeters, um, two to four millimeters. And then essentially, a lot of research out there says as people age, that joint can even become fused. So we're talking very little motion at this joint. If you want to go into the purpose of the joint, Dr. Gorman, you can. Essentially, the purpose of the SI joint is to absorb shock between the mm -hmm. pelvis and the lumbar spine. As Dr. Bennett said, 
This is a really stable joint. There's a lot of dense, thick ligaments in that area that do provide stability. And we'll talk soon though about how, if it's so dense and so thick and so stable, how could you have a problem with it? So I've had patients come into the clinic with uh, these type of symptoms. And I would say that it's pretty consistent with SI joints, but can be general low back pain with other issues as well. So kind of see if this fits the book for you, but I've had complaints of pain with prolonged standing, pain with especially stair ambulation or standing on one leg at a time, pain with running or taking extra large strides pain with laying on the side of that pain. And then they would describe their pain as sometimes it could be sharp or stabbing. Also, this is where it gets tricky. The pain has referred pain patterns. So it can radiate down into the hips, uh, the back of the legs and kind of present as a sciatic pain as well, which is why doctors and physical therapists can be very helpful in diagnosing for you. Right. Now we talked earlier about how 80% of Americans. I don't know if that's Americans or people in the world. I'm going to say Americans because I know, I I bet there's less low back pain in Europe. Most people, (laughs) when I was in Europe a few months back, boy, people are much more active with walking than they're here. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) But 80% of Americans have lower back pain, but only about 15 to 30% of that is stemming from the SI joint. And I would go on a limb with all the gray hair I have, I can go on a limb and say that. It's on the low end of that. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think it's overdiagnosed, but that's a whole different story. Yeah, we could have a couple of podcasts on that. But but the thing is, is SI joint problems do occur. I would say primarily my career, I would say that most of the time, the predominant period of time, it's females. And it is oftentimes around the time when they're giving birth, around that time, the hormones will cause a lot of laxity in that area so that obviously the baby can come through. And so that I think is a very, very real thing that can happen. Also, if you have a fall on your buttock, a direct blow, I've seen sacroiliac problems from that. But primarily if you have pain that is, you know, there's no specific injury, there's no traumatic injury, most times, my feeling, right or wrong, but my feeling is that most of the time that is stemming from your lower back. I would agree with that. And also, I've heard it described as you feel like you're stepping in a hole when you're walking. This would be after a traumatic event because essentially the pelvis orientation alignment could be a little bit off. And so one leg would maybe appear to be shorter than the other. And so then patients will complain that they feel like they're stepping in a hole. But I also want to say, we've just talked about low back pain and this thing called your SI joint, but there are two joints, one on each side, and they're kind of like the dimples of your lower back. And so that will have point tenderness as well if you do have true SI joint pain. All this talk, I'm getting tired. Let's take about a 30 second commercial break and hear about our sponsor, iMove PT. And we'll be back to talk more about the sacroiliac joint and if you have a sacroiliac problem. (laughs) iMove PT is proud to be the sponsor for the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast. iMove PT is a mobile physical therapy company based out of St. Louis, Missouri and expanding throughout the United States. We bring a unique one-on-one physical therapy experience to the privacy, safety, and convenience of our patient's home, office setting, or the location of their choice. 
For more information about iMovePT, please go to www.imovephysicaltherapy.com or feel free to email us at info at imovephysicaltherapy.com. Have a great day. All right, everybody, welcome back. And we're going to continue on with our discussion of the SI joint, the sacroiliac joint. So we want to talk about what can a physical therapist do for you? Well, first of all, we need to find out whether, and this goes for the sacroiliac joint, it goes for a shoulder, it goes for any joint in the body. We need to assess whether it's a joint that's moving too much, which is called a hypermobile joint moving too much. And if that's the case, we want to really stabilize strengthen around it. Or is this a joint that is hypomobile, which means not moving enough? And if we do that, we need to mobilize that joint to get it to move better, to have more normal motion. So those are some of the things that we do as we do the evaluation of your entire spine, including down to sacred leg joints. Like Dr. Gorman said, the ones that typically move too much are super flexible people, the ones that have laxity in their ligaments, like pregnant women, which typically postpartum takes about 12 months after for all of those ligaments to return back to their normal elasticity. So it can take time. Once a ligament is stretched, it's not going to go back to the exact same quality it had before. You know, I mean, that's something I think is important. Once that has been stretched, I'm just saying this because once someone has a sacred like problem, let's say they give birth, they are going to be more prone to having a sacred iliac problem than someone that's never had a problem before because it's a little bit stretched. But then you may be asking the question, okay, if my ligaments are stretched, am I just screwed? Like, what do I do? Do I have to have surgery? So that's the first thing that pops in my head when I'm listening to this. But as a physical therapist, no, I mean, we treat these all the time and essentially your muscles become your stability. And so it's all about strengthening the core and kind of using co-contractions, which is just different muscle groups at the same time, essentially like your glutes and your lats and just kind of putting all of the pieces of the puzzle together to promote stability in your muscles to do more of the work now that the ligaments are a little bit more stretched out. So yes, there is hope for you. So how do we diagnose this and trying to diagnose SI joint? If the problem is stemming from the SI joint cannot be hard because there's not one simple test that tells you, okay, wow, you have a sacred electron problem. It's very, very complex. Yeah. There's like these clusters that PTs do and you don't have to know about them obviously, but by putting all the different tests together, they can get a pretty good idea that it is the SI joint. And then, then they need to figure out, is it hypermobile or hypomobile and determine how their course of treatment is going to go. And there's times that you need to get an injection into the sacroiliac joint, which I know doesn't sound very fun. And thank goodness I've never had to have one, but it's kind of a gold standard for letting the physician know if this is sacroiliac, a true sacroiliac joint problem, because if it is a true sacroiliac joint problem and they inject that joint, well, common sense would tell you that that's going to significantly improve. If the pain is stemming from the lower back and you inject the sacroiliac joint, probably not going to have a whole lot of effect on it. But then it gives us a good idea that it's not the sacroiliac joint. Now we can treat a different area of the spine. And that, like you said, that is the gold standard of diagnosing because doctors can order x-ray CT scans, MRI. But the problem is that if you send that and it comes back with like stenosis and spondy low lysis and all these other things, 
you might come back with a laundry list of things because that's what imaging is good for is all these different big words telling you what's going on. But it's possible that, like we said in prior podcasts, you could have a spondylolysis and not even know it because it's asymptomatic. So if you have SI joint pain and get the image and it comes back with all of these different diagnoses, you could still be treating the wrong thing because you could be asymptomatic. So gold standard is the injection, but physical therapy really, really, really does help. So if you're wondering why a doctor does not prescribe an MRI or a CT scan or x-ray for your lower back in this situation, that could be why. Obviously we are physical therapists and that's the first treatment that we recommend but what can we do? And I, as I always say, almost every week, we have to start with an evaluation to determine what are we really dealing with? You hopefully don't take your car to a, a mechanic and the mechanic just starts working on without diagnosing what the problem is. And so from that, that really tells us a lot. Again, do we need to strengthen? Do we need to mobilize those joints? Are the hips a component of? Is the lumbar spine a component of it? If somebody does have a true SI joint sprain or it's hypermobile, meaning too much. One thing that I have found throughout my career that can be very helpful is called an SIJ belt, a sacroiliac joint belt. It's like kind of like a corset around your SI joint and it gives the joint stability. So if it is a joint that's moving too much and you compress it and give it stability, most time it feels better. I don't want you to think you have to wear it your whole life, but depending upon how lax or how mobile that joint is, it could be weeks to months that you could be wearing it because it will take a few weeks, six weeks at least for true strength to improve around that area. And then you may also be wondering if I have SI joint pain, what should I do? What should I not do? I recommend low impact exercising. So yoga is good. Recumbent bikes are good. Swimming. I usually tell my patients to stay away from the treadmill or any type of elliptical that just has a lot of rotation or a lot of the stomping and impact. So go with more of a low impact while you're inflamed. And then if you're hurting, should you rest it? Should you keep moving through it? What's your advice on that, Lauren? A lot out there says that maybe one to two days at most of rest is okay. But then we encourage you to live the active lifestyle, participate in your normal functional treatments, just avoid any heavy lifting rotation, like the bending, lifting, and twisting. Anti-inflammatories are helpful, but please speak with your doctor first. And then PT is also very helpful. I'm so happy that I'm not a PT treating in the 1960s because back in the 60s, I don't know when it stopped, but it used to be that if you had lower back pain, a physician would put you on bed rest for a few to several weeks. So thank goodness this is, what is this, 2022? Because that I'm sure caused a lot of harm to people, all that bed rest back then when they had serious back pain. The trivia question Email us at info at imovephysicaltherapy.com. The first three people that get the answer to the question right will get an PT patient t-shirt. What is our trivia question again, Lauren? Well, the SI joint is known to be something in particular with the body. So if I say any more, I'll give it away. Okay. Um, The first three people that email us a fun fact about the SI joint 
which will probably be the right answer, okay. then we will we will take that. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and recap this podcast episode. We definitely talked a lot about the sacroiliac joint. And again, we want you to understand that you have two sacroiliac joints. It definitely can be a source of pain. We both feel like a lot of times it's overdiagnosed. I'm not going to say always. There's no always, but a lot of times it is. Our experience tells us that it's definitely tends to occur more with females. And to be honest, the only males I've ever seen that with sacroiliac problems, they had a fall, maybe they were skiing and they landed on one side or something. And so the pain can be from something that's moving too much or not moving enough, but we don't really know until we evaluate it. Gold standard to know if it's sacroiliac joint pain is an injection, a cortisone injection into the area or some type of injection to sort of block the pain. And if it helps, then that's a pretty good indication that you have some sacroiliac joint issues. Well, we just want to thank everyone for tuning in this week again. Next week, we have a very special episode. We will have another interview. Her name is Chelsea Lampros. She's a physical therapy assistant with a special background in powerlifting, lifting mechanics in general. So please tune in. She has a lot to say, a lot of good advice on how to properly lift things like household items, maybe your small grandchildren, but she will go over how to avoid injury with lifting. And then uh, she has a very interesting background herself in powerlifting. All right. Well, that's going to be great. Another milestone in our podcast next week is that I will be interviewing Chelsea alone by myself, which is very exciting and very intimidating because Dr. Gorman and I's podcast always start with about five to 10 minutes of me figuring out how to use Zoom (laughs) (laughs) and how to get everything working right. So... Stay tuned because if it launches, we got through it. (laughs) Well, I have extreme confidence in you and I know that you guys do a great job and I can't wait to watch it and to learn some things myself. So thank you for your time. As always, we appreciate you tuning into our podcast every week. Please share this with friends or family that you know can benefit from our education and the things that we're talking about here. But please do share. And we know you have time to do other things in your week. And so we do value your time that you spend with us each and every week. So have a great week and we will see you uh, next week. Thank you. See you then. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast. If you have any questions for Dr. Gorman or Dr. Bennett, please send an email to info at imovephysicaltherapy.com. To learn more about healthy aging, visit our website at imovephysicaltherapy.com. Like what you hear? Be sure to rate and subscribe. See you next week.